We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday. It's March 4th. It is 2024. We have a six-game NBA slate to talk about here on today's podcast. I know FanDuel kind of rolled like a four-game slate, cut off the late games, and uh, DraftKings, six-gamer. So we're, we're going to break down all six. Joined today by my good buddy, Keith Eiser. Keith, what's happening, my friends? Not too much. Yeah, I don't mind cutting off late games when there's a bigger slate, but to make it only a four-game slate, I don't love that decision from FanDuel, but it's what we're dealing with, so we'll make do. Um, but yeah, Sunday went pretty well. Long day of NBA on Sunday as well. I had some early games and then into the, into the night as well. Um, last game still wrapping up, in fact. Uh, had some NASCAR going on as well. Shout out to you for crushing another weekend of NASCAR. Uh, I know I was tailing you on some bets. We had Tyler Reddick really live for an outright there at the end. Uh, I believe your three core tags finished first, second, and fourth. Like you were just all over this race, man. Absolutely crushing it as as usual. Yeah, it was a fantastic NASCAR weekend. Um, I'm sorry about all the tweets because I'm actually not that sorry. I just I hate like self promotion, but 
I mean, it is the way that it is, right? But um, absolutely smash NASCAR. And Michael Jarrett over there in YouTube chat said he took down 5K today. Congratulations to him. Um, NASCAR was on point this weekend. It was a good weekend. Like, these weekends are the ones that you really like. And I- I'm really sad we didn't get the outright. But, I, I mean, I knew... Reddick was faster in. at the end too. There, yeah. it was. It looked really good for a minute, but Larson, Larson did a really nice job closing out that race. Oh, I felt so good about outrights at like three fourths into the race because Chastain had a ton of speed, and then Ty Gibbs had his transmission not been messed up. I think Ty Gibbs would have won the race today, um, which is crazy, you know. So we had him at thirty to one, but pumped uh pumped NBA's back. We're rolling through the NBA season. We got MLB right around the corner. Everyone that has listened to this podcast before knows that I love baseball season and I can't wait. I'm like, I'm impatiently waiting um, for baseball to come around. So uh, pump for baseball to be back, but we still got some NBA to talk about. What's up, Yeezy? Thanks for hanging out over there on YouTube. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button over there on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast right now and you're not subscribed on YouTube, go over there and do it right now, right now. All right, I waited for you. All right, we got... Memphis at Brooklyn. This is one of, I would say, two terrible games. There's two really bad games on the slate, and this is one of them. Brooklyn's an eight and a half point favorite. Memphis side, Bain, Clark, Triple J, Ja, Pittman, Rose, Smart, Zaire Williams out. Triple J's technically doubtful, but he's on the, it sounds like he's on the outside of doubtful. And then on the Brooklyn side, Simmons is questionable and Thomas is out. Memphis is one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. I mean, I'm just going to fat out, be blunt with this one. They're they're awful. Washington's awful right now. Memphis is awful right now. Utah's awful right now. Um, Detroit. Detroit. I mean, Detroit's been awful all year. But I'm just saying, like, some of these teams, like, just have been atrocious. And Memphis, like, you, you go over and you use the court IQ tool here and – it just spits out stuff because it doesn't know what to think. I mean, they're they're now like there's so many people out. There's like 25 that, players on their roster because they've gotten so many injury exceptions and so many 10 day contracts and two way players. It's it's just an absolute mess. I, I mean, I guess we should we should probably start with the pricing. Like the pricing's kind of nice. I mean, the game potentially not going to stay close here, but I, I mean. Even in a non-close game, the pricing somewhat nice here. Concher and Kennard is back. It's definitely going to throw a wrench um, into what we're looking at overall here for Memphis. I think this is one of those spots where I'm okay with firing some shots on like Jordan Goodwin, Williams, um, and then potentially like Gigi Jackson. But I don't feel good about playing any of these guys. Do we think? Do you think Jamison continues to play decent minutes? That is a great question. Uh, I have the honor of projecting this nightmare as soon as we get off of this podcast. Um, and I believe I will initially project Jamison. Uh, he he missed last game. It's because he's on a two-way contract. And there's only so many days, so many games you can be active for on a two-way contract. Um, so he was out last game, even though Jackson was out as well. I imagine they activate him for this game. I would say if Jamison is not starting, you absolutely cannot play him. Um, there was definitely confusion over the weekend on whether he was active or not at all. Um, 
as they announced their starting lineup and uh, Lamar Stevens ended up starting. He only played 17 minutes. So, I mean, that's just the kind of stuff that we're dealing with here. Starters playing 17 minutes and guys off the bench getting 30 plus minutes of run. It's, it's an absolute nightmare. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s had like a 36% usage rate since Bain and Morant have been out. So spreading around that usage to a bunch of G League players is just, it's an absolute nightmare. And it's going to vary wildly from game to game. So it's impossible to feel good about anyone, like you said. Um, Brooklyn is not the best matchup. They play slow. Their defense is okay. Um, and we just, we don't know what Memphis is going to do with this rotation at all. So it's going to be really difficult to play these guys. I think I feel pretty good about Gigi Jackson, just because you know he's going to have some type of role. Um, it's probably going to be off the bench, but he he shoots a lot when he's out there. He does a little bit of rebounding. I think he's in play. Aldama, I feel pretty good about getting the minutes. feel pretty good about Goodwin starting at the point guard. Um, and Vince Williams is going to have his role, but he's priced accordingly, and it's not a great matchup. So I, I don't know if I love spending all the way up to Vince Williams. But those are the guys that I feel confident about will be in the rotation. Kennard uh, and Conchar are kind of on this minutes restriction here recently, have been playing off the bench, or at least they did in the last game. So if Kennard or Conchar were in the starting lineup, I would feel pretty good about them. It's just it's impossible really to to know until we have the starting lineup. Like you said, the Trey Jamison thing is incredibly interesting. If he starts, he's in play for me. If he's not starting, I don't think you should play him at all, even in 150 lineups. Lamar Stevens has been very volatile. Like he he shoots a lot sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't do anything. Sometimes he plays a decent amount of minutes. Sometimes, like this last start, he was projecting as one of the top values on the slate, and then just plays 17 minutes and and falls flat. So. Tons of risk here with Memphis. Not a great matchup. Really dicey situation. Really need the lineup and, and other news before we can fully break it down and make decisions. I think Luke Kennard plays like 26 plus minutes. And it, it's it's an ugly 26 plus minutes, but he's 4,800. And, you know, you mentioned the pace. The pace of this game's not great. And, you know, as bad as Memphis has been, they're still a, a pretty solid defense. I mean, they ranked 10th in defensive rating over the last 10 games. So, Throughout the season, I think they're 11th overall um, throughout the year. So, like, they continue to play good defense. This game just kind of stinks, but it's a six-game slate. So, it's like, where am I looking? And we do have some back-to-backs. We have some potential injuries. We do have some potential value in certain places. So, you know, I think this is one of those games you're like, eh. But let's go to the Brooklyn side of this one. Thomas still out. Schroeder played 34 minutes against Atlanta the other night. He shot terrible. He shot 30% from the field and put up 33 fantasy points. He's still 5,900. And, you know, as good as Memphis has been defensively, I think it's hard to kind of just overlook just how Schroeder has been playing here. And his scoring has been solid. And, you know, obviously, like in a matchup against Memphis, you're like, I don't necessarily want to play a lot here. Claxton's price is okay. I really think like my main play from Brooklyn is going to be Schroeder. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, with Cam Thomas out, he should have a really solid role here. Uh, the minutes have varied a little bit. Been ticking up here recently, 34 in the last one. Worth noting, Ben Simmons was out for that game where he played 34 minutes. So right. if Simmons is out again, I think you can lock Schroeder into 30-plus minutes in this spot. Um, too cheap for that role. I like the Nick Claxton call quite a bit, particularly if Ben Simmons is out. 
Um, Simmons alternates kind of between the point and the five, which is very rare, but that's, that's, those are the positions that he plays. So, um, a bump to Schroeder and a bump, bump to Claxton. If, uh, Ben Simmons is not able to suit up for this one, Bridges is fine. I, I don't know that I'm spending up in that range for him in this matchup against Memphis. I think there's blowout risk. I think it's a, a bad game environment, um, but he can certainly get it done. Cam Johnson is going to be out there. I, I don't love him at 5,800, but. Again, just a guy who who could potentially pop in this spot. But Schroeder and Claxton, easily my two favorite plays. Yeah, I don't mind Claxton. Sharp, he hasn't been playing as much since he's kind of come back, and like Claxton has like kind of cemented his role in this team. And I think Bridges is always your like ceiling guy. It's just he's so inconsistent. Like you're gonna get anywhere from 20 to 50 fantasy points, and really just kind of comes down to is he shooting well? Um is he hitting those threes? Portland at Minnesota. Another fantastic game, right? 212 and a half total in this one. Minnesota is a 14 and a half point favorite. Minnesota is on a back-to-back for this one. Portland, no Brogdon, no Henderson, no Sharp, no Williams. Grant, doubtful, Aiton, and Tybal questionable. Let's start with Portland here first. They're obviously very shorthanded. Tough defensive matchup. Minnesota is a phenomenal defense. They've been throughout the season, uh, you know, they've fluctuated a little bit, but they've been the number one defensive rating team pretty much all year. And even if we look at the last 10 games, Minnesota still number one. Um, so Portland shorthanded. We don't trust anything, but what do we want to play or not play here for Portland with, I mean, half the team out? Yeah, hate the matchup, but there's a lot of opportunity to go around here. Grant's had a huge usage rate uh, of late, so like he isn't him being out definitely matters. I think the guy you're looking at there is Jabari Walker, uh, 4700, probably steps into the starting lineup again. Um, if Aiton misses as well, we're probably going to get Duop Reith starting at center. Of course, you've got Gobert on the other side there. It's just a really tough matchup, but the opportunities for these guys are more than their salaries. It's just if it was a better matchup, we would have a ton of interest in these guys. I, just against Minnesota, it's hard to click. Murray's been starting and playing huge minutes, but he doesn't do anything when he's out there. We've seen Hagen's flash some upside um, a couple of times here, but that's random. I, I'm not sure that I can count on that or that I want to chase that. Um, you would need Tybal out, I think, for that. And then even then, Banton is there, and that's a little bit of a risk. Don't think there's any chance I'm spending up for Simons in, in a really tough matchup. The usage should be incredible without Grant, but just against Minnesota, I, I don't see him finding a ceiling. I think this is there's a pretty high likelihood of a blowout here. So reservations on my, my Portland ownership, I would say Walker is going to be my favorite play here without Grant. I think Reith is in play as well if Aiton misses. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Yeah, I mean, so... The other night, Portland had a huge fourth quarter. Um, they were down by like 15 against Memphis and came back and tied the game and went into overtime. So some stats, a little overtime, you know, just stats bumped up. But like they didn't score a ton of fantasy points in overtime. That was a pretty slow-paced game. They, I think it was like a 207 game with overtime. So, you know, I think for me, I think ceiling-wise, Simon's, I think if you're looking for value here, Walker, I think is a really solid value play. I think Kamara is someone you could take some shots on here in large field tournaments. Um, I think they want to get him 30 plus minutes a night here with all these guys out. He shot the ball. Okay. Against Memphis the other night. I think he's someone that can put up 30 to 35 fantasy points here. So I don't mind it. And then like you mentioned, if Tybal if Tybal does end up sitting in this game, I think Ashton Hagen's is someone we have to kind of have on our radar and list. Um, he was he was part of the run in the third and fourth quarter the other night in that Memphis game. He had a huge. I think he scored twenty eight fantasy points in the third and fourth quarter combined. So like almost all of his production came from that like massive run. And it was it was him. I was watching this game. It was him. Simons and Walker, they were just playing phenomenal um, down the stretch. So, I mean, I, I don't think ex- there's a chance that he starts. I mean, I don't know if they're comfortable playing him and Simons together that much, but Murray hasn't really done anything in his opportunity here. And it's been like, what, four or five starts now for Murray? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they make a change of the starting lineup. That could make things a little bit more interesting. So the other night in the second half, they started Simons. Kamara, Reith, Banton, and Murray. Ben played, gosh, hold on. He played two minutes, checked out for, he checked out for Hagen's, and Hagen's played the last 10 minutes, and then he played 11 and a half of the 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. So I wouldn't be shocked with Grant doubtful that Hagen starts instead of Banton because I don't think they necessarily want to start Banton. I think that well Murray's that... been the one who has been starting. No, no. So Murray started though. Murray was Grant like replacing Grant in the second right, right. half of the other Ty- night because Ty- Tybal was out. No, Tybal was there too. He didn't. He just didn't start the third quarter. Like Tybal, okay. Tybal played until the fourth. I don't know if he got hurt in the fourth. Um but it was like his his injury is like hip soreness, so I think that he just kind of played his minutes and um, you know I'm I'm looking at game flow for some of this, but I think I would assume they want to leave Jabari on that second unit because they need somebody to score. So I wouldn't get scared off on Jabari if he's not starting, but I, I could see Hagen starting instead of Grant or like over Grant, but. Minnesota's size, maybe Walker does start, and then Hagen gets a lot of second-team usage. Yeah, I think with, with Minnesota's size, they almost have to start either Aiton or Reith and, and Walker. Yep, I mean, Aiton matters a lot, too. 
Because if Aiton if Aiton was a, a go here and he didn't have a minutes limit, like his injury is a hand. Like, do we take shots on Aiton playing thirty five plus minutes against Minnesota? I don't think it's the matchup for me. Um, just with with the in, dealing with the injury and then having Gobert on the other side, I'd, I'd be scared of that. Yeah. All right, let's go to that Minnesota side. That other side, I, I more more I think about it, I feel like Walker's going to have to start because yeah. they're going to need the size against Towns and Gobert. Uh, Minnesota side here, I mean, good matchup against Portland. They're a huge fourteen and a half point favorite. They should crush Portland in this game. You worry a little bit about the blowout risk here because, like, these guys are expensive. Like Edwards is eighty eight, Towns is eighty three. Gobert's prices climbed to 7,500. What, if anything, do we like here for Minnesota? Obviously concerned about the, the blowout risk. Edwards and, and Towns are the ceiling guys, but I don't know that they play enough minutes in this spot. Um, could, can they get it done in three quarters is basically the question I'm asking myself. I'm not sure that they can. I think Gobert's price is fine. I think he could absolutely dominate if Aiton is out of this game. Um, so go. I think I prefer saving the money and going to go bear over Edwards and Towns. Um, that's not something I hardly ever say. Conley still has this price where they're tempting us, but again, I think he's one of the first guys off the floor in a blowout, so I'd be concerned he plays over 30 minutes in this game. I don't think I'm chasing Kyle Anderson or Jade McDaniels in this spot. They just don't do enough while they're out there. Maybe maybe Kyle Anderson gets a little bit of extra run if, it, if the game gets out of hand. Um, his minutes have been really capped here recently since they're getting healthier, but maybe he sees 25 minutes in the spot. He could be potentially useful at 4,500, but not a ton of interest worried about the blowout. Yeah. I mean, so if you play this for a close game, I think you can get exposure to Edwards towns or Gobert. Like if you're saying, all right, this game stays close. I think all three of these guys have upside. If this game, if, if, if Anthony Edwards, Gets 35 plus minutes in this matchup against Portland. He crushes. I mean, he's they've played three times this year. He's averaged 31 minutes. He's averaging 47 fantasy points. So, like, the ceiling and the upside is just massive. Like, Gobert's minutes have been capped against this team. Go or um, Edward Towns, not Gobert. Gobert's actually had solid outing. It just, I think this is just one of those things where you're like, you got to kind of build like a game script. We, you know, we talk about it all the time in NFL. It's not talked about enough in NBA. You got to kind of build a game script lineup. All right. Well, I am going to, I'm going to play Simons because Simons is going to have a big game. And then I'm going to pair it with somebody on the Minnesota side. And then maybe one of those cheap Portland guys and just kind of hope like a six game slate that maybe Minnesota is not on the top of their game. They're, they're human. Clippers at Milwaukee, 229 total. Milwaukee is a four and a half point favorite in this one. Clippers on a back-to-back. Milwaukee, Giannis is questionable and Middleton is out. Obviously, um, anytime that Giannis is questionable, you're a little concerned. Brooklyn, or not Brooklyn, Clippers in Minnesota played, I think it was like an 89-88 game, um, if I saw it correctly, and... It's always interesting. I don't think James Harden had a bucket from the field. Um, he had some free throws, but I think he went 0 for 10. All right, Clippers side here. We know that Westbrook's going to be out um, for a while. He fractured his hand. We saw 
Bones Highland play, I think like it was only like 14 minutes, but like Norman Powell got a lot of run. Tice got a lot of run off the bench. Um, and then Coffee got a lot of run off the bench. They still, even without Westbrook, only played a nine-man bench in that game against Minnesota. Uh, what do you like here for the Clippers? Yeah, um, you pointed out uh, last time we were on the podcast together how, how the improvement in Milwaukee's defense. So keeping that in mind here, it is two good teams. As long as Giannis is in there, I think it should be a competitive game. Uh, and the Westbrook out thing doesn't really matter. It's kind of just Bones Highland stepping into that Westbrook role as the backup point guard. Um, so I, it doesn't change a whole lot. I, the second usage maybe has a little additional usage to go around. But Bones is a pretty high usage guy in his own right, uh, similar to Westbrook. So it's really just a one-for-one swap with Bones and Westbrook. Um, I think Kawhi is, is my favorite of the three studs. Um, he's ha- He's shown the most ceiling here. George's minutes have been kind of all over the place. He's still dealing with that injury. Um, his minutes have been, we've seen him play upper thirties a couple of times recently. So I don't think that he's necessarily on a minutes restriction. Uh, I just feel better about Kawhi's ceiling at this point. Um, Harden is fine as well. I, I don't think I would play more than one of these guys in any lineup uh, between Kawhi Harden and Paul George. Uh, but there's certainly all three of them are in play because I think we should have a tightly contested game. Zubac minutes are not quite, where I want him to be. I just don't love playing Zubac. Um, I think he does have a good chance to see the floor quite a bit because Brooke Lowe plays plays a ton on the other side. Um, so I don't hate Zubac, but just not a guy I love to play. Maybe Norman Powell at 5,100 with additional usage. Man's price is up, so I'll pro- probably leave him on the bench. But it's it's really just the three main studs for me and not more than one of them in any lineup. Yeah, I don't mind the Norman Powell call. Um, this is one that... He's not so the Clippers player props are up, which is very odd for a back to back team. Um, but Powell's point prop isn't up yet. That's one I want to watch. If it comes in at like 14 and a half, I like the over. I mean, so we, we already kind of saw it, right? Westbrook being out. Norman Powell had 13 shots off the bench. He shot eight threes, he had six threes in that game against Minnesota. And that's a really tough defense, too. His second team usage is going to be so much higher with Westbrook out. So, yeah, Westbrook, I agree with you. He doesn't really matter as far as, like, DFS. Like, playing Bones Highland, I think you're going to find better options. But I think where it matters is, like, Norman Powell, who they love to close with over Terrence Mann anyway, is now getting more usage with the second unit. Um, So, I think Norman Powell is kind of a standout for me here, you know, Obviously, we want him to do a little bit more. I think we should also. Uh, this is DraftKings, but I also think like Daniel Tice is okay. Like you know, if he if he hits a couple of those shots that he missed in the game against uh, Minnesota, he's looking at like twenty seven, twenty eight fantasy points. He had a good rebounding game again, so I don't mind Daniel Tice. Like thinking about like Bobby Portis and like who he'll kind of match up with here. I think Daniel Tice is okay for large field tournament stuff. Milwaukee. Well, obviously, the first thing is, um, does Giannis play? Because if Giannis plays, this is definitely a game stackable game. Like, the total is not as high as the next game we're going to talk about, Washington at Utah, or the Thunder at Lakers. But this game has the potential to be very competitive, very back and forth, studs taking over the type this type of game. 
if Giannis sits, I mean, I think Lillard is a top play on the slate if Giannis sits. Um, what do you like here for Milwaukee? Yeah, I agree. Lillard is the top play on the slate if Giannis sits. The, the matchup is not good against the Clippers, but Giannis obviously does everything and has a, a ton of usage, which Lillard would pick up a, a ton of that. Um, obviously, rebounds at a really high high rate. That doesn't necessarily help Lillard, but could could be be a nice boost for a Portis or a, a, a Crowder type of guy. Um, but yeah, Giannis out, all of the Bucks would be in play. My favorite would be Lillard, followed by Portis, I think, and then Brooke Lopez. Um, all three of those would be gritting out pretty well, I think. If Giannis is in there, I have interest in Giannis just because it, it should be a tightly contested game. Giannis has upside for 40 minutes in this spot, honestly, is if the game stays close and they're going back and forth in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I like Lillard at his price. It's been an inconsistent year for him. He hasn't shown as much ceiling, obviously, as he's, he has in the past playing next to Giannis, but I still think it's in there. And now that he's under 9K, like I don't mind taking some shots on that. Um, I probably don't go chasing any value in the spot. Beasley shot a little bit more with Middleton out, but I don't love the matchup. Um, Portis not quite playing enough minutes. Brooke Lopez would probably be my favorite mid-range type play, but it's it's really Lillard and Giannis are, are the only two. I think the the thing that like Lillard playing Giannis, we forget about so much is like Lillard just will have those games where when he's hot, he'll keep shooting. Um, yeah. So like in any given game, Dame can go for 60 plus fantasy points, 70 plus fantasy points, even with Giannis on the floor. So yep. yeah, you just Dame time is not, is a real thing. When that dude gets hot, he shoots and and he'll hit four, five, six threes in a row, and he'll keep shooting them. So, um, but I mean, yeah, Giannis, if Giannis sits, man, Lillard with no Middleton too, like Lillard would be top end. I also want to mention that, like, if Giannis doesn't end up sitting in this game, I think you want to get some exposure to like Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez. Um, I, I think those would be the guys that I think that I would like them over Malik Beasley. I don't think Beasley's role is going to change much with Giannis out. So for what it's worth, I think Giannis plays in this game and it's not as juicy as, as it could be if he was going to sit here. Take a day off. You need a day off. Everyone needs a day off. <laughs> Washington at Utah, 241.5 total here. Utah, 7.5 point favorite. Um, Washington's good to go, but man, Utah, no Kessler, no marketing for this game. Big news on this um, smaller slate. These two teams are are awful. Um, you know, we were talking about just a second ago. Um, these two teams are struggling. Washington has lost ten straight. Utah is two and eight in their last ten games. Um, but pace wise, this this game has all the pace in the world, right? Washington's playing at the fastest pace over the top last ten games. Utah's seventh in that span. Defensive rating. Utah's dead last. Washington's twenty eighth. Like this is an ugly, fast paced game. With all of the potential scoring in the world, talk to me what you like here about Washington. Yeah, I mean, best game environment of the night. Um, don't care that the teams are terrible because they both play fast and they both don't play defense. So it, it, that equals DFS scoring, and that's exactly what we're chasing. Um, start on the Washington side. The Kuzma has been incredibly consistent here. He hasn't necessarily flashed a huge ceiling, uh, but he's been putting up like 45 to 49 DK points the last four games, and they've been really tough matchups. Uh, he's gotten the Clippers and Cleveland in there, which are two like two of the hardest matchups. Lakers and Golden State, no cakewalks either. So 
Kuzma's been really consistent lately. I don't hate that at all. Um, Avdia is a guy who's seen a huge uptick in usage and rebounding here in the past couple of games. Love the spot for Avdia. I think he has a, a massive ceiling, um, like 40-plus uh, fantasy points in this spot. Jordan Poole is a guy, since moving to the bench, like his ceiling has increased. Uh, you said Dame time is real. Pool parties are real, too. Um, like when he is going off, they'll let him run too, even off the bench twice. He's played upper thirties minutes, uh, when he's had hot games and he's finding a ceiling more often off the bench than he was in the starting lineup. So I'll continue to click on Jordan pool. He's going to bomb your lineups mo- a, a lot of the time, but he does have that 50 point ceiling at six K. So I, I'll keep chasing some Jordan pool. I, I don't hate Bagley in this spot either. Um, 6,100 for him. Tyus Jones has been playing minutes uh, really all of Washington up to six deep, and I wouldn't even kick out Kispert in the lineup at, at 4,800 either. Um, a little inconsistent on the minutes, but I think he has upside with his scoring ability as well if he's the one shooting hot. But tons of interest in, in Washington. I think I would start with Kuzma and Avdia, and then Jordan Poole would definitely be my next look. Yeah, I love the Kuzma call. I think he's a top-end option on the slate. I, I like this spot a lot for him. I think Poole is a great another great call here. Like he's 6K, his second team usage, the shots have been phenomenal. Like he has ceiling. Um, so uh, Utah's a terrible defensive. Uh Utah side of this one, no market and no Kessler. Um what are we doing with the Jazz here? Yeah, I mean, first thing that jumps out to me is there's some rebounds to go around and Washington allows a ton of rebounds. Uh, last I checked it, they were allowing the most in the league. I'm not, I haven't checked it in a couple of weeks here, so I'm not sure if that's still the case. Um, and then what John Collins has done since moving to the five is also jumps off the page. Um, the last game, Taylor Hendricks came out of nowhere and grabbed a ton of rebounds. So I have interest in Collins and I have interest in Hendricks. Uh, assuming that Hendricks continues to start. And I think that's definitely locked in now that Markinen is out as well. Um, and then there's a ton of usage to go around because Markinen is sitting. Keontae George looks like he is taking a, a, a massive step forward here. He's been playing well since moving into the starting lineup. And now the, the minutes, like we were seeing like 28 minutes when he first stepped into the starting lineup. Now we're starting to see 34, mid 30s. Um, so I think Keontae George very much in play coming off an outstanding game against Miami, um, if he's going to play 32, 34 minutes in this spot, awesome matchup. think he's very much in play. Uh, Sexton is definitely already has a ton of usage. If he gets even more in the spot, he's in play. And then Clarkson off the bench, we know he has the usage as well. As far as who benefits from marketing being out, like who's going to step in and play the minutes? I, I honestly don't know. Um, I'm trying to think here. Like, I don't, does Chris Dunn step into the starting lineup possibly? I don't know if they want to start a guy like Sensabaugh. My initial thought was Horton Tucker. Yeah. That's certainly a possibility. We saw him get dusted off in the last game. He played 20 minutes. So um, I don't think that's out of, out of the realm of possibilities. He's like one of the starting lineup here. No, I was just going to say he's like one, him and Chris Dunn are like one of the two guys off this bench that have actually played 30 plus minutes this season. Right? Like your sevens minutes are so capped. I I don't want to trust any of these guys, but I, I just I lean taking some shots on Horton Tucker. I mean, it's more of I think that he's gonna have to play minutes here. Like they don't have a very deep bench, and obviously they can G League it up, but 
I mean, this is not a very deep bench. Like even, you know, the other night against Miami with marketing, they played 10 deep, but like two of those guys played under 10 minutes. So marketing is 40 minutes a night guy. And with him out for this game, it's huge. There's that's a lot of minutes and a lot of production points and stuff wise. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a great spot for Utah. I think Hendricks is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Not not even just in this game, just one of my favorite plays. Like I was looking at his rebound prop before we got rolling here, like doing our morning grind game. His, his rebound prop is at six and a half. It's minus one fifty. Like if, if you're just curious, like what type of line we're potentially looking at here. Um, I think Hendricks is going to see a lot of a, a lot of production rebounding wise. And then points, points wise, I feel like Keontae Collins and Sexton are all going to have to score more um, in this game. So, I mean, yeah, I, I like Washington plus seven and a half in this game for what it's worth. So um, that's one of my morning grind plays as well. I, I think that Washington can keep this game close enough that we we should. This game opened at I think I think it was ten or eleven, and it's already been bet down to seven and a half. I wouldn't be shocked if like this ends closer to like five and a half by the time this game locks. Yeah, it makes sense. Like Utah's really struggled of late. And I mean, I, for my money, marketing's probably their best player. So him out now, like I, I agree. That's a little bit too wide. I think Clarkson, he's not on the injury report with the illness. Clarkson probably plays like 35 plus minutes, right? I, yeah. Whoever starts, whether it's Dunn or Horton Tucker or Sensabot, somebody's going to start at the three for marketing. But Clarkson's really the guy that's going to play the minutes. You're you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, Clarkson's going to close. Horton Tucker probably plays like 22 to 25 minutes. I see. I think that's what happens, right? I think yep. I think Horton Tucker starts for marketing. Horton Tucker plays 22 to 25 minutes, but Clarkson plays 30 plus. Yep, we totally agree. It was an illness. I assume that he wouldn't have a minutes limit. So I mean, Clarkson when he's getting usage is always great too. So. All right, Chicago at Sacramento, 229.5 total in this game. Sacramento is seven-point favorites. Craig Levine-Williams out. Caruso questionable. Fox questionable for Sacramento. Let's go to Chicago first. Like anything here for the Bulls? Nice up-tempo spot for them. Um, you constantly preach take take three-point shooters against Sacramento. So I think Kobe White's a little bit too cheap in this He's spot. He's got a chuck in this spot, right? Yeah, man. 7,300. We've seen him up as high as 8K this season. I think Kobe White's in an awesome spot. I think Io Desunmu is still very playable at 5,700. Uh, he's a guy that's been playing close to 40 minutes every single night. He's certainly not afraid to take three-point shots. So Kobe White, Io Desunmu, definitely my two favorites. Um, I think it's a tough spot for Vooch. DeRozan as well. Um, I, I definitely prefer White and Desunmu, saving a little bit of money. Um, and that's that's probably it. I don't think that Drummond sees quite the run that he's been seeing here recently. Um, 5,200. If he's going to see 26 minutes at 5,200, he's in play. But I think he's going to be more in that like 22, 24-minute range. Um, I think it depends on Caruso a little bit, as weird as that is to say. The Bulls just don't have a bench at all. So if Caruso's out, then I'd probably retract that on, on Drummond, and he might see 26, 28 minutes. Um, if Caruso's in there, I'd probably leave Drummond on the bench, though. My only problem with Drummond here is Sacramento could play really small and they like to play small. Like they play Sabonis a lot at the five and 
I mean, I think that potentially Drummond just kind of gets run off the floor here. I, I feel like you want to target Drummond against teams that are going to play big, you know, and that's, you know, going back to that Cleveland game where we just played 36 minutes. That was the exact reason. Mobley Allen, you know, so. Uh, I mean, Kobe White, gosh, I hate his props. I was like so excited when I opened up the slate and I saw um, Kobe White getting a matchup here with Sacramento, but like they priced him up so much in like the prop market. I was kind of, I'm sad. Um, I really wanted to take advantage of it, but I do think this is a spot you want to take advantage. I think one or two of DeRozan, White, and DeSamo have a good game. Like, I think that that is where, like, you beat Sacramento by scorers and by shooters, and all three of these guys can get hot. Kobe White probably is the the higher volume shooter here, but, like, we've seen DeRozan shoot 25-plus times in a game. Um, so, and, and, like, AU shoots a lot, too. I think you want exposure to DeRozan White and AU here, um, just in general. Uh, Kings side of this one i mean fox matters a ton he okay he practiced fully on sunday i fully expect Darren fox to play in this game if he were to sit obviously like you have some value here with like mitchell but i think monk would be the play what are your thoughts here on the kings yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Fox plays in this spot as well. They gave Mitchell the start once. They gave Keon Ellis the start once. So if Fox remains questionable through lock and we don't have a King starting lineup, obviously, you don't even know who the value play is going to be. It's whoever starts at point guard is the value play, but it could be Ellis. It could be Mitchell. Luckily, they're $100 apart. So you just you plug in Mitchell, who's $100 more. If Ellis gets the start, it's a super easy swap down to Ellis. Um, but I'm with you. I think Fox plays in the spot. And in that case, I have a little interest in Fox. He has actually been playing, had been playing really well until this injury here. Um, with six straight games over 50 fantasy points or something like that. Like he's a guy who's been wildly inconsistent, um, especially over the last couple of months. But the last couple of weeks, he's been outstanding. Um, so I have interest in Fox at 8,500. Sabonis, of course, super consistent, a guy you can always play in DFS. Um, just lock in your 50 DK points and, and, and carry on a little bit of upside on that as well. Monk's price at 6,500. Like if, if Fox is in there, that's probably too much for me. Um, I like playing Monk because he's a guy that can get hot and play himself into a few additional minutes, but 6,500 is a really tough ask. If uh, Fox is in there, I think I'd pivot to a Keegan Murray in that spot. He doesn't have a, a great price either, but if you're if you're just looking for exposure to this game, I think Murray at 5,900 would be the third piece here. We finish it out. Thunder at Lakers, 239 and a half total here. Lakers, a one-point favorite. OKC will be on the second end of a back-to-back, like you mentioned earlier. They're kind of just – I think they're at halftime. I, I just checked a few minutes ago. Yeah, they're still at halftime. So um, they're at halftime. I was checking to see how some props were doing. Not great. For what it's worth um and then on the lakers side lebron's questionable vanderbilt vincent and wood out let's go thunder here first gosh i think you have to like sga it's a it's a smaller slate we have a lot of studs right like there's a lot of potential studs for this being only a six game slate a lot of potential studs hayward has hurt giddy and 
and Dort enough that I don't think I want to go there. Maybe Hayward sits on the second end of a back-to-back here, and you could potentially take some shots on Giddy. I'm just not loving a lot. I don't like Chet in this matchup. I think that this would be SGA for me. It's SGA for me as well. Uh, Jalen Williams is fine also, but I, I would rather just spend up and, and get to SGA. Uh, just There's so much more ceiling there. I think Jalen Williams is one of those props you're talking about tonight if you're, you're on it like me. Um, having a, a bit of a tough time uh, in this game against uh, the Suns, but I, I certainly don't hate going to Jalen Williams at 7,300. He's shown plenty of ceiling. He does a little bit of everything. Um, but, yeah, it, it's SGA. Just that's that's where I want to get to. Um, it makes it really tough. I, I think, like you said, there's a lot of studs. A lot of the studs are in this game, SGA, and then the, the two on the other side, obviously. So this game stack is really expensive, but I think with value in Utah and in Memphis, you can you can make SGA and then either AD or or um, LeBron on the other side. I, I think you can make this stack work. So I, I'll be paying up for SGA. Let's go to the Lakers side. I absolutely love Anthony Davis today, and I hope that I hope he just kind of goes overlooked because of all the studs that we have. I think that this is a phenomenal spot for AD. I mean, LeBron is LeBron, and he has just been absolutely fine. Um, I like AD. I think I want to pay up for AD on the Lakers. And then outside of that, it's kind of like a bunch of question marks on do I need the value? I think Hachimura is interesting at 5,200. He's shown some upside, and I think that he's okay. Dinwiddie's not playing enough. Reeves needs some people to be out or just have like a stellar shooting night. So I think it's AD, LeBron, Hachimura on the Lakers side for me. I agree with you. It's AD over LeBron for me, and that's generally a tough decision. I think what's been like LeBron's been chasing 40,000 points for the last couple of games, right? So he's been putting up really solid performances. I think he's generally okay deferring to AD. Um, and now that he's hit that milestone, maybe maybe we see that and we see uh, Anthony Davis's usage kick up a little bit here. Uh, but I love the upside for him. Oklahoma City does not rebound well. Obviously, Anthony Davis is one of the best rebounders in, in the league. So I, I agree. It's an AD spot here for me. I think D'Angelo Russell is a guy you can play as well. Um, he's just shown a little bit of ceiling here since moving back into the starting lineup. And it's not like it's been a couple of games. We're talking about like a month's worth of, of starts here. Uh, he just he randomly finds these ceiling games. So I don't love the price tag at 7,000, but I, I do think the 50-point ceiling is there. So I, I would sprinkle him if I was building 10 or 20 lineups. Um, I, I like the Hachimura call. I think he's got a little bit of ceiling as well. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us live on YouTube. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you got? I'm going to go Taylor Hendricks. 4,900, got a price bump, but he's been starting here recently, and he finally had a breakout game. He put up 13 rebounds in that last game, so I'm going to chase that a little bit. It's It's as good of a rebounding matchup as we can get. I'm going to go to Jabari Walker, and I i mean, with Grant, doubtful, eight and questionable. Uh, I think that Jabari Walker's role is just going to be too good to pass up on here. Really like Jabari Walker in this game. I hate the matchup, hate the Minnesota matchup, but minutes equal opportunity, and there's just so many bodies missing for this team right now. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? 
this is a really tough question today. Like you said, there's a bunch of studs, and I think for the most part, they're all in really good spots. Um, I'm going to go Anthony Edwards here. This could obviously backfire in a nasty way if Portland could, can keep up. Edwards is going to smash, but I feel like Edwards puts Minnesota up by 20 points at the half and does not play very much in the fourth quarter, if at all. So um, I, I don't mind the price tag. It's obviously a great matchup against a bad defense, but I feel like there's there's some blowout risk here, and, and Edwards doesn't get his full lot of, allotment of minutes. Yeah, I mean, they have – Minnesota has crushed Portland um, all three times they've played each other this year. So um, I'm going to go to the same game and go with Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, he hasn't hit 5X in three matchups against this team yet this season. So – um, I'm going to go Towns. They're, t- they're typically very quick to get him off the floor in blowouts and for good reason. So I'm going to go cat here. One of those guys will probably go for 60 and one of us will look dumb. but if this game, it, is. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about when we were breaking down the game, like in a yep. tournament perspective, if you stack, if you stack the spot and this game stays close, you're off to the races. Yep. Uh, favorite six, X play. Who do you got? I'm going to go Dennis Schroeder here. Um, Memphis has played good defense, but I just think his role is too good for um, for his price tag. Uh, and that's especially true if Ben Simmons is out. Uh, again, if Simmons is out, I think he plays mid-30s minutes in this spot. So don't really care about the matchup when he's only 5,900. Yeah, I'm going to go to my boy Keontae George. He's just playing a ton of minutes. He's shooting a lot. They need him to do a lot right now. Um, so I like Keontae George a lot and i think that no marketing means counted george probably plays like 40 minutes they have nothing to gain at this point getting him minutes is very big for this team so i'm gonna go to counted george let's get weird gpp play of the day who do you got for us i'm gonna go to memphis with this uh and it's not comfortable their center position has been an absolute disaster i think trey jameson is active for this game and i think he starts Probably only going to be projected for low 20s minutes uh, because Lamar Stevens is there as well. Um, but I think Jamison has some ceiling. There's always foul trouble risk with him, so people never like to play him. I, I just I think he's going to be low owned because he's not going to be projecting super great, but I do believe in the ceiling. Uh, give me some Trey Jamison. I hope he gets the start and we can play him here. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a really solid one. He was actually one of like three people that I had thought about when i was doing this game i like daniel tice as my let's get weird gpp play today i think there's an opportunity for him to play 28 plus minutes in this game and gosh they might be ugly minutes but like he's rebounding a lot right now if he could just if you can have one of those games right one of those games where he puts the rebounds and the points together and goes for like 12 10 12 10 at 4100 sign me up um so I'm going to go to Daniel Tice as my let's get weird GPP play today. All right, let's go to the morning grind, morning grind uh, betting section here. You got a player prop or pick and play that you like here? I do. Uh, It's a prop that I have played in each of his last three games. It's uh, Denny Avdia has an awesome matchup against the Utah Jazz. He's sitting at 24 and a half points of rebounds assist. He has been rebounding shooting more and assisting more. Uh, his role has been incredible. The, the minutes have been up. Um, he got hurt in the first time I played it against Denver, had a terrible game, completely bombed, absolutely smashed uh, in the next game. 
put up 45 PRA and then caught the hook on the last game uh, against the Lakers. So three, three tougher matchups and has approached this and smashed it once in the last two games. Now he gets Utah, which is an incredible matchup. And it's Utah without Walker Kessler and Laurie Markkinen down a couple of rebounders, just not near as good of a team. Uh, I think it's an awesome matchup here for, for Denny Abdia. I like him to go over 24 and a half points, rebound assists. All right, I'm jumping on with you here, and I'm actually going to this game as well. I got Kyle Kuzma over 23 and a half points in this one. Love what Kuzma's been doing here, and I love the potential of this game with no Kessler, no marketing. Marketing's the big one for me. Marketing is someone that Kuzma would probably struggle with a little bit here. So I think that marketing being out, Kuzma has a higher chance to have a ceiling game here. He's been crushing. He has at least 27 points in three of his last four games, and those were tough matchups. This game is going to be fast. This game is going to be fantastic for points. So I'm going to go Kyle Kuzma over 23 and a half. I did a little single game parlay. I threw in your Denny pick because I absolutely love that, and I love his new role. Did a little Kuzma over 23 and a half, and I took Washington plus seven and a half. I think Washington keeps this game close, and um, I had already bet them plus seven and a half and now i made it a little single game parlay because we're both on this game already so why not i think it came out to like plus 475 so there you go love that i'm gonna put that in myself yeah why not yeah little little funsy morning grind like morning grind special so all right keith any final thoughts before we get out of here i think that'll do it man baseball's getting awfully awfully close really really starting to get excited Oh, I, I put in my first baseball bet like two weeks ago, and I absolutely love it now. Like, um, just absolutely love it. You do you want to take a wild guess <laughs> what it was? Um, I'm gonna say you put some money on a World Series winner. Nope. Um, all right. It's an award. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Um, Juan Soto MVP. God. Keith, I'm a Red Sox fan. <laughs> I forgot. Juan Soto's been absolutely crushing, though, and he fits that ballpark perfectly. I haven't not looked at MVP odds, but Juan Soto is going to compete for an MVP this season. Sorry. All right. No, I know. <laughs> I'm very, very scared of that. But I got Wyatt Langford at seven to one uh, for rookie of, the year. rookie of the year. Yeah. And he's just smashing. This dude has. Okay. So I'm a Gator. I have followed Wyatt. Um, his career through the university of Florida. And like, he has so much power. If he makes the opening day roster, like it's already at 475. It's already down to 475. He started crushing balls. And like the, the, there is like people like, Oh, that was a wind home run. (laughs) He got up like (laughs) two, two, two innings later and just smashed one so far. Um, Yeah. He, he might be major league ready, man. Um, His power and his bat speed and, uh, yeah, I, I like I like him a lot. So, um, yeah, that was risky because you're obviously a little concerned about his making the opening day team with that team, Texas. But, yeah, got to root for my Florida boys, man. Um, I feel good about that one. I, I He started hitting home runs, and I was like, yeah. He so, looks like a stud for sure. Yep. Gosh, if they can stay healthy, that's a team to watch this year. Um, I, w- I was, like, looking at – I was looking at baseball, um, like World Series baseball stuff, and I was like, man, Texas, if Texas can stay healthy, 
that is one team I don't think you'd want to play a seven-game series with. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, just coming off of a World Series with DeGrom and Scherzer on the shelf, that enough is right there. Plus, they have got some really young kids um, like Langford and uh, who's the guy that Jung. burst onto the scene? Yeah, Jung coming back who was injured last year. And yeah. then the outfielder, too, that, that broke out late in the, the season. Um, Evan... I'm losing his name right now, but you, you know who I'm talking about. The the young outfielder that, that was up there last Carter, year. right? Yeah, Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carter. Uh, looks really good. And obviously, Simeon and Seager there. So, yeah, they're going to be super good again. Um, That's what I said. Like, I, I'm a little concerned because, like, where are you going to put Langford? I mean. I, I think there starts for him in left field or DH. Because they lost uh, Garver, who did a lot of DHing last year. I think there starts available at DH. He can make the team. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, gosh, I would love to see that. Like that team, I was looking at it. I was like, gosh, so cool. Because like you're you're starting you're starting rotation, healthy starting rotation is what Scherzer, Degrom, in whatever order you want to do there. John Gray, Nathan Eovaldi, like, yeah. So, and I mean, they might still sign Montgomery. He's still out there on the free agent market. Seager, Simeon. John loaded Carter Garcia cash. All right. <laughs> Ready for baseball. All right. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up here for Monday. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us. Um, listen to our baseball rants, but you all know that I definitely can't wait for baseball season. Keith as well. Um, our teams are going to be awful this year, but it's okay. Hope everyone uh, has yours oh, is going to be my team. <laughs> Hope everyone has a great day. Back tomorrow, talking hoops. Good luck. We'll see you then.